Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today is going to be our final episode on the Great Gatsby book, and then next week we will be going on and talking about the Great Gatsby movie, which features uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Then after that, our next book is going to be Alice in Wonderland. So we will have a YA book chat podcast on to guest with us for those um, episodes. So if you want to start reading the Alice in Wonderland books and Through the Looking Glass, um, please start doing that. That way that you uh, that way you have a couple weeks and you can, you know, join us for that. And then you don't get spoilers if you haven't read it yet. Or, you know, you can just hop in because most of us have honestly seen the movies right now and the books are kind of chaotic. So whichever way you want to do it, doesn't matter either way. But if you want to read, just please read it before uh, two weeks from now. And that's kind of all I've got for you guys in this intro. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. We are once again recording The Great Gatsby, and I am joined by the wonderful Jessica. Hello! So we are on Chapter 8. So, Gatsby came home at dawn, and Nick runs over, and then he's like, whoa, what's up? And Nick tells uh, Gatsby that he should go away because he's worried that they will chase Gatsby's car, and Gatsby's like, I'm not going to go away until I know what Daisy's going to do. And I'm like, Gatsby, please, please just leave. It's not that right, hard. Just run. I mean, she's already ran. Come on. Yeah. I just, I wish Gatsby, like somehow in the five year separation, found anyone else, like a single other woman. Even one. Yeah. Just, just any, anyone, anyone, just a friend, a, a, a kindly housekeeper to take is someone to talk to i mean literally anyone a dog he could have found a pet six at any point (laughs) anything anything he has a huge home he could he could fill it with anything to take his mind off of this obsession yeah or nick could have been his roommate they could have been lovers i don't know anyway anything any part of that story I would I'm there for it I know I just I would love to see Gatsby just have happiness that wasn't consumed by Daisy ruining his life first of all Daisy's not even that interesting yeah yeah she's such a passive character throughout the entire thing and you get the feeling that it's not even Daisy it's the idea of Daisy it's the Mm -hmm. idea of what Daisy um represents or what she represented in that moment that he met her that he had that fleeting connection with her that evening Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily her at all um and the depth of her which it's the same as with all of his stuff it's not about the depth of it it's just the visuals of it Mm -hmm. what it seems to people how it reads and it just it was really sad especially because in this chapter you start to figure out all the things that the real jay gats did to Mm -hmm become Gatsby yeah for this I know I'm like you did everything could have had the best life retired in the Bahamas or somewhere 
I don't know, some island somewhere, having a beautiful island home, one of those hammocks that hangs over the water seems really cool. He could have been doing that. And instead, here he is fawning over Daisy with a wrecked car that was beautiful five minutes ago. Yeah, I mean, he could have been Ernest Hemingway, really. Yeah, Key West (laughs) with the six-toed cats. Sounds great. Sounds like somewhere I want to be. And he, I think he would have been really good at it. He knows how to sail a ship. He knows how to call people old sport. I mean, come on. I think the cats, he could have named every one of them Daisy. Or he could have gone with a flower theme. We could have Daisy. We could have roses. We could have dandelion. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, we could have petunia. Sure. This is wonderful. Listen, this is the fan fiction I want. I don't want, (laughs) like, you know, I'm I'm cool with a nice, like, Nick slash Gatsby fan fiction. But what I really, really want is Gatsby's retirement fan fiction. Someone give that to me. My DMs are always open. And I feel like because of this situation that he's now found himself in, we can never have that. And that just, it's sad. It's really sad. I feel like we um, need a chapter eight cutoff and then rewrite <laughs> an ending of. Chapter eight ends. Chapter nine says, Gatsby packed up his car and drove to Key West. <laughs> Gatsby found different car, drove to Key West. Right. I mean, he has a garage full of cars, right? Yeah, That's one go. of those things. He has a so, plane. He has a boat. Gatsby gets at the boat and yeah. sails to Key West. That's Sounds what I great. want for chapter nine. I know. That sounds That's wonderful. not what we got, though. I know. Just if anyone has that fan fiction, my DMs are always open. I need that specifically. I need the Key West Gatsby. I want um, cargo shorts, Hawaiian tourist shirt, some straw sort hat. of straw hat. Yep. And cats in each arm instead of pina coladas, maybe pina coladas, but cats in each hand. Mm-hmm, for sure i need the ruggedly suntanned gatsby absolutely stat. yes that's all we need S- specifically if you have a fan art of leonardo dicaprio as gatsby with all of these credentials that we just discussed send that my way thank you i can't wait for leonardo dicaprio to see that fan art and be like what, what? <laughs> why because that would have been better than what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> so now we're finally getting the backstory of Gatsby and Daisy. And then they imply that Gatsby took her virginity and he let mm-hmm. her believe that he had money and that he came from the same background as her. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. This book does a lot of implying without explicitly saying which I kind of yeah. like, but it's also like, can you just say what happened or? I know they can't. <laughs> they cannot. The movie, when we get to it, is a lot more specific about what's going on, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Gatsby's reflection on his fleeting romance with young Daisy definitely um, is heavy on the implications that there were more than just a few chaste kisses and Mm -hmm. hand-holding. And based on the the amount of 
concern that he has for Daisy. And I mean, I would say obsession for Daisy. Um, it, it definitely strongly points to there was some sort of physical relationship because, and I believe it's in this chapter, but it might be later. He says something like, we were already married in my mind. Yeah. Um, which I think of the time would imply quite heavily that that means that they consummated some sort of relationship, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. I will say he, they literally talk about at some point here that this is something Gatsby did a lot, whereas he liked taking women's virginity, but like Daisy was the first one that stuck around. And I was like, okay, Yikes. Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. I don't know. It's, it's I, one I, of those I, things where you're just like, yeah, okay. You said that. You definitely did say that. Awesome. I think there's another fan fiction, um, jaunt to go on that is Gatsby as he becomes Gatsby and like all of his wild adventures that he goes on and I'm actually I'm wondering so this book just came into the public domain and I'm wondering if that's gonna be like next on Netflix the young Gatsby um yeah if it is we're gonna watch it like oh, for sure <laughs> um because I I think that this this book is so ripe for areas that you could really explore more. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out in the next few years. How do I pitch Netflix without actually pitching Netflix? Because like, I want them to make this, but I don't want to do any work for it. Like, I just want, I don't even need the money for it. I just want them to do this so that we can like get that movie so I can watch it. Also, if they can somehow time reverse Leonardo DiCaprio into when he was, um, what is it, Gil Gilbert Grape? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. That age, Leonardo DiCaprio and young um, Gatsby would love that. I need that it for my great. life. Okay, so since we're on this section, I just have to ask, I read this book several times, and I feel like the first time I read it, I thought that it was almost implied that Daisy's kid was actually Gatsby's as well. Just because of like the way that their relationship was and how it ended um, and how quickly it ended. Again, I don't think that's, this isn't actually what the book says now that I'm rereading yeah. it, but I do remember the first time reading it thinking that because just like, and then based on how quickly Tom came in and then just like married her, mm -hmm. I would, and then because they were saying I don't remember it was it's been five and a half years or whatever mm -hmm. and I I had forgotten how old the little girl was so I was like hold on a second dot 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 again not actually <laughs> what happens in the book but that adds a level yeah. if there's even a little bit if there was even a little bit of wondering about that for on Gatsby's end again the person writing the fan fiction can get into this um but yeah just something to think about i know because i when we i watched the movie and he goes yeah we've been separated five years next november the daughter is like at least four right it's very possible it is I'm just very saying, possible there are implications all over the place there are, there are close connections all over the place here i know i really like that um the author leaves a lot to be interpreted 
yeah makes it more fun because then you can do you can keep doing deep reads of this and finding new information which i like mm-hmm. so then gatsby says that after two days after he uh consummated their relationship um he realized that he loved her and he also spent the day before he left for war and like with her and they were both happily in love according to gatsby mm-hmm. so according to gatsby according to da- gatsby so daisy had been waiting for gatsby while he was at war but gatsby couldn't get home and she kept trying to get him to come home and but um so she started going out again and started dating and that's when tom came in but my question is why was she trying so hard to get him home i like your theory it makes sense I mean, it's it's there. Again, I don't know if it actually stands up to the rigors of, of time, but um, I think she also was trying to get him home because she probably was getting a lot of pressure to get married. Mm-hmm. And he had told her that he could he could marry her, like that he had the standing to marry her mm-hmm. and she liked him. So she's probably thinking, well, get home and marry me so I don't have to keep going around with all this other stuff since you can provide for me, you know, yeah. since you've said that, why not? Um, and I can see a woman of her standing in society and, um, her age and now, you know, tainted goods, if you will, (laughs) um, which she might've also been, they might've also been pressuring her to get married quickly. Who -hmm. knows? Um, it just seems like it was the time that she needs to get married and she figured get home for more because you said you could yeah i mean most couples at that point also married before the person went to war you know just in case they died uh so it's it's kind of surprising that gatsby wouldn't have married her just to like secure his claim kind of thing except he would have had to talk to her family and tell them the truth and they would have looked into it whereas she was you know love sick or whatever or just like the attention whatever the situation and um she didn't need to have that same proof or like you know her dad's gonna be like cool so who's your family so i can look them up and i can contact yeah. them and i can make sure you really have the millions of dollars it will take to keep her in the style to which she's become accustomed right yeah. um and then her parents probably also being like oh so your new money Mm-hmm. not old money like we are because as you remember that's one of those things that tom everyone's favorite character um mm-hmm. is so proud of is that he's old money he's old money which is why he lives on the good egg yeah. right also i and- just figured out in the movie that the eggs were long island because i wasn't sure but then she goes oh can we please go over to long island i'm like oh okay so they are in long island <laughs> so yeah yeah, that house that Daisy lives in, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. So Nick has to leave and he keeps missing trains, but he finally does leave. But before he does, he turns to Gatsby and says, they're a rotten crowd and that Gatsby is worth all of them put together. So then there's this worrisome note of foreshadowing where Nick says that he has always been glad he said that because it was the only compliment he ever gave Gatsby. And I was like, huh foreshadowing foreshadowing <laughs> i was like please get a little obvious obvious a little bit more obvious with the ominous <laughs> note here yeah i mean i think that even 
I mean, yeah, that definitely is one of those dead giveaways, dead giveaways, that this is the, um, this is a story we're in, we're going to, we're going to be ending our, our association with Gatsby sometime soon, or whatnot. Um, And I think it's really important for Nick as a character to feel like he has, he had an opportunity to kind of without saying it tell Gatsby like I love you you're my friend you're important even if other people don't see it you are a good dude mm-hmm. um and you're important to me and um and I think that even when he's going through his his thoughts about all the things that went wrong and all the things he could have said and done I think that this is a touchstone that he's able to look back on and be like at least I got that out yeah for sure. Yeah. I just, I was like, okay, I guess that's happening. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you do get to the point you're like, oh, okay. I, it was the only compliment I ever gave him. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but then he says, because I disapproved of him from beginning to end. So yeah, he's, he's a great guy. He's the best guy that you met in this world, but you still disapproved of him from beginning to end. What does that say? Literally, I'm like, Nick, your standards are a little high for me, buddy. But you know <laughs> what? All right, it's fine. <sighs> so while Nick is at work, Jordan calls and says she's left Daisy's house and also that Nick wasn't very nice to them yesterday. So then they have like this big fight. And one of them hangs up sharply on the other and Nick's like, I honestly don't even remember who hung up on who, but it someone hung up and Nick is super distracted and worried and he can't get a hold of Gatsby. So now we switch back to the aftermath of Myrtle's death. Um, Catherine's been found and brought behind the ambulance so that she can see Myrtle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Wilson is so broken up that he's kind of just talking to the neighbor Um, and this is the neighbor that owns like a little restaurant across the way his name's um, Michaelis Mm -hmm. and Wilson thinks that his wife has been murdered and intends to find out who did it and goes about trying to track down the yellow car Mm -hmm. and he also starts talking about the advertisement as eyes of God which I was like, mm-hmm. why? So weird. Well, and because he thinks that the um, the eyes of God see everything and they must have seen what happened. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that he, uh, Wilson is not in a good place, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, he probably, and he, I won't say probably, he definitely could have used some support, probably mm-hmm. professional support, Um I mean, I don't know if that was in any way available <laughs> to yeah. people uh, in this time period and especially people of his status in this time period. But like nowadays we'd say, oh my goodness, this guy's had a mental break. We need to take care of him. We need to help him figure out what's going on. And um, you also get the feeling that either he doesn't believe that the police are going to look into it or he just like he doesn't feel protected by them or he doesn't feel like they're going to get to the bottom end of it or punish the person who did it so you almost get this feeling that he's so um crazed about it that he needs to find the answer himself 
and well, he wants to he for like in his mind he thinks i'm the only one who can do anything about this mm-hmm. um but then yeah with the eyes when he sees the eyes god sees everything repeated yeah. wilson like whoo i know i was like wilson and like you can tell that the people in this area where Wilson lives are super used to this because they have a rotating schedule of who's going to watch over Wilson. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is obviously something that's happened before that like right. people have had these kinds of problems and had these kinds of mental breaks. And I think during the 20s, isn't that when like the government was really, really corrupt in New York because of the mafia mm-hmm. and everything? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm imagining that like this was probably a common occurrence kind of thing where wilson's like you know no one's gonna do anything the cops oh, yeah. work for the mob like i mean we can we see that when gatsby like is speeding down the road and the cop like pulls him over mm-hmm. and he says oh yeah never hold on a second and shows him the card or whatever like we see that the cop like the mob is in the pocket of the cop and vice the cops and vice versa and it he you know, Wilson probably has very good reason to believe that no one cares about Myrtle dying and certainly isn't going to search down some rich guy because, like, a now he's found that a very fancy car hit her. Mm-hmm. You know, I, probably not going to search down some rich guy to do something to get justice. Yeah. Um, it seems like all of the rich people in Long Island and New York are all kind of having ties to the mob, even like the old money seems to have some sort of ties like i was watching when we were watching the movie i'm like how did tom get to this restaurant like this is a mob restaurant i'm like so even tom has some sort of connection with is it the mob or the mafia or those like yeah i don't i don't know i mean but even if not like even if they don't have really clear ties how Mm -hmm. else do they get the alcohol yeah I mean, everything, there's a lot of illegal commerce and even people with, um, with means have to resort to illegal commerce in some ways to fulfill the needs that they have. Mm -hmm. Either if it's through them, like directly, if it's someone like Gatsby, who's actually making the the call, or if it's through other channels and people that they know and servants and whatnot, making the connections on Mm -hmm. their behalf. So, yeah wild time wild wild so the roaring 20s the roaring 20s they're roaring because it's astronomically (laughs) loud of how wild it is yes trying to make that connection smoother it didn't work out but it's okay (laughs) so the neighbor goes home to go sleep for a bit and he wakes up literally four hours later after someone's supposed to be covering his shift of watching over wilson and both wilson and the other guy are gone and i'm like uh the neighbor, Michaelis, I think that's how you say it, um, stayed with him for like 12 hours on end. And this one guy couldn't handle four hours. Right. <laughs> like poor- During the day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, I can't even imagine. He's like, oh, I stayed up till 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, I'll go to sleep for a little bit. You know, you're going to watch him, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. What a dirtbag. Oh, my gosh. So then we get a little tidbit here and it said the police said that they went from garage to uh that wilson went from garage to garage trying to figure out who owned the yellow cart and eventually he finds out about gatsby dun 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 dun. 
Meanwhile, Gatsby's got his bathing suit on. Yeah, he's like, oh, I want to go for a nice little swim. (laughs) Okay, we'll get there in a second. But Gatsby went out for a little swim and the chauffeur heard shots but didn't think anything about it. And no one thought anything was amiss until Nick sprinted up the steps and everyone hurried out to the pool. They grab Gatsby, bring him out of, uh, bring him into the house, out of the pool, and there's blood all over the pool, and also Wilson's bodies in the grass. My thing is, how terrible would it be of all afterlife outfits to have a swimsuit, especially a 1920s swimsuit that mm-hmm. has like the suspenders? <laughs> but even like you think about it, you have your 1800s ghost always in a long flowing dress. Oh, of course, sure. it's beautiful, stunning, and then you have like modern day bikini beachgoer i'd be so mad so mad i'd be like because you know the 1800s ghosts are judging you you know for sure for sure they're they're stunning they've got flowing skirts when they turn and you're just like um okay and you know he's probably trying to convince somebody to change outfits with him yeah because he's that kind of guy absolutely he's like come on old sport don't you have a coat that i can borrow yeah, and, and they're the other like, go- no. The other guests are like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, at, at what point, like, do they just start to, like, go through Goodwill clothes? And then, like, since they're donated, they're now dead. And Oh, can- okay. I was going to say, in your, in your canon, can that happen? All right. Yeah. Because I wonder, can, can those ghosts obtain new clothing? House fires. Is there... Is there a change? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What if you don't have any clothes on at all? No, but like, what if in the house fire, because all the clothes get burned to ash, Oh, is that okay. now where ghost wardrobe is? And now you're like, every ghost is like, oh, you had to have a house fire outfit? Like, do they get judgy about that? Or like... But I mean, also, like, can can they change their clothes in the afterlife? Is mm-hmm. that a thing? I'm going to hope so. Like, I'm going to hope that, like your afterlife clothes can be what you were emotionally attached to as your favorite outfit. I just, I hope if not, he can at least get a blanket or something. Yeah. Just how do you get cozy? I don't know. Otherwise, or is he always wet? These are the questions that we need to know. When I have my afterlife podcast, (laughs) the other side. (laughs) We will also take um, these in Rachel's DMs. If you have any of these, uh, stories we'd love to hear about Gatsby in the afterlife yeah so um or anything regarding ghosts and their attire yeah specifically ghost attire like I don't really want to get scared but like if you have stories about seeing a ghost in a 1900 swimsuit let me know um I do have a couple questions I will be asking if there was ghost water drops and if there was not also let me know that because now I just need to know I mean, I'm here for like a friendly Casper, like enjoyable um, fan fiction regarding like happy fun ghosts. So Mm -hmm. that's good. I don't want any scary ones, but if someone's got that story, please. I just, the amount of fan fictional quest I'm asking for is kind of a lot during this episode, but also I still want them in my DMs. I mean, but honestly, like if you don't ask, they won't be delivered and Uh, different people have different things that they're writing out there so we're just letting the fans know that you are open to multiple Mm -hmm. stories um and multiple trains of uh fictional thought so 
And I have no preference of AO3 or, or Wattpad. I am cool with either. So, you know, <laughs> throw those in my DMs. If there's another fanfiction.net even, put it in my chat. I don't care. I have no prejudice against any <laughs> fanfiction platform. I just want to know about Gatsby's afterlife, Gatsby's retirement. You know, these are things I need in my life. So mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Um, okay. So chapter nine, Nick is left taking care of everything and Daisy and Tom skip town. Cause Which, how much does that suck that a guy who's known you for like two minutes is taking care of everything about your end of life plans? Yeah. Yeah. Did he have a will? This reminds me a lot of, um, the death of a salesman. So I don't know, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't enjoy death of a salesman but the goal of the character the entire time is just to be well liked that's what he wants that's like his life's goal and so even though he wants that it's so sad when you see that he doesn't really get that in the end and I kind of feel like Gatsby does every single thing he can to be an old sport to be a chum to be a buddy to be a pal but he doesn't get in any kind of depth with anyone. So when it comes down to it, he really isn't those things. Yeah. Like he's everyone's acquaintance. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's everyone's coolest friend. He's everyone's coolest acquaintance. He's got the best parties, whatever, but like nobody but Nick knows anything actually about him. Mm -hmm. It's really sad because he tried to be the most memorable person and this just kind of did not work out in his favor at all. He also made every single person a priority to him and like wanted their pleasure and their joy and um, the things that they loved to be the the height of his focus at all the times. But like right here at the end of his life, he can't be a priority enough for anyone to even help take care of his stuff mm-hmm. besides Nick. I know. It's so sad. It is. It's super sad. So Nick is trying to find any single person of his friends or his family that can help him. Uh, Because again, Nick is literally just a neighbor. Like he's friends with Gatsby, but he is just his neighbor and has only known him for like a month, two months. Mm -hmm. So it's like, he doesn't know if he wants to be buried or. um, Or cremated. Cremated. Thank you. No, I don't know, shot off at a cannon, dumped into sea, like he doesn't know anything. Yeah, exactly. Viking fire pyre funeral, like. Instead of cremated, my brain kept saying crucified. I was like, no, no, not the right (laughs) word. That is not the one. It's an option. Maybe that's what he wanted. I don't know. Nick doesn't know either. Um, Wolfsheim won't even come over to his aid and Gatsby is completely utterly alone. Like not even Wolfsheim, who's basically supposed to be Gatsby's best friend in a way. Or at least his, his closest business associate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just, I'm, I'm a little too busy. Let me know about the funeral, et cetera. I do not know his family at all. (laughs) That's the note. Okay. I, I just, like, does the mafia not have, like, health coverage? Like, do they not have funeral plans? Like, I don't, I guess I don't know the in and outs of the mafia that well, but I feel like they should have some sort of, like, funeral, I, I don't know, don't, like, I don't think they're unionized. I don't <laughs> think they're, 
I don't think they have health coverage. I don't think they're unionized, especially not in the 1920s. I mean, if, if anyone knows that answer, feel free to uh, reach out to Rachel and let her know. Yeah, let me know. Because I feel like they should at least have a plan in place that like, they, I feel like they have enough people die in yeah, I mean, the mob. I've read The Godfather. Like there should be something in, in place here, but... <laughs> I know. I only have a, the briefest understanding of The Godfather because I haven't read it yet. But I feel like a lot of people die in that movie, right? Like, isn't there a lot of shooting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's for another podcast. We'll read The Godfather in a future. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'll be like, wow, lots of shooting bang bang. Um, so the only person that responds that somehow found out about Gatsby's funeral is... Um, Gatsby's father which is Henry C. Gatz and he's like hold off on the funeral I'm coming and Gatsby's body is still just chilling in the house hanging out Mm -hmm. just hanging there because you know Nick has no idea what to do I don't even know how Nick's finding the money to put the funeral on like did he just start going through gatsby's house trying to like find cash stored places because I mean, yeah they don't really go into that like how he made it happen but it kind of leads you to believe that he must be using gatsby's money funds to do mm-hmm. this nick has um, no money it is interesting that his dad when his dad just kind of shows up and he looks around he's like wow he really made it huh yeah. had a great future ahead of him had great friends huh and you're just like hmm yeah you're like uh i'm uncomfortable because he's like super proud of his son and all of us are like yikes this is awkward isn't it (laughs) so every single one of gatsy's friends are saying various reasons they won't possibly be able to make it to the funeral and i was like wow you all are like users Mm. so nick shows up at nick shows up at wolfenstein's house and he tells nick that he started gatsby on his way to make money well, yeah, and then he kind of confirms what every everything Nick already knew now, and everything that um, people had always said that clearly Gatsby got his money through some illegal means mm-hmm. um, through his work with Wolfsheim. So, yeah, and Wolfsheim says he will not be coming to the funeral. Um, doesn't really he give doesn't, a reason why. It, I can't do it. I can't get mixed up in it. When a man gets killed, I never like to get mixed up in it in any way. I keep out. So you can tell that he's had a lot of associates probably meet their unfortunate end. I'm just like, why though? Like, what's going to happen now that he's dead that you can't get mixed up in? Like, does he think that he'll get blamed for it and that's why he's not coming or what? I mean, I don't know, but he does say, let us learn to show our friendship for a man when he is alive and not after he is dead, he suggested. After that, my own rule is to let everything alone. So I just get the feeling that he's like, our association is done. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm good. If there's any problem to be had here, I don't want to pardon it. And good day to you, sir. Yeah, I think he <laughs> definitely is one of those people that's... I will say, I do like the idea of like do not slack on your friends while they're alive like I, mm-hmm. I i appreciate that sentiment but at the same time when someone passes you should still probably go to their funeral i mean i definitely i definitely appreciate the sentiment of 
taking care of your friends and showing your affection and your friendship for them when they are alive. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm not upset with Wolfsheim for not wanting to go to the funeral. I mean, at this point, he doesn't really have a reason. He doesn't really need to. Um, The character that he knows, the person he knows, Jay Gatsby is dead. Mm -hmm. Like he's gone, but like the person who's laying in that casket, James Gatz, is somebody mm-hmm. that he doesn't actually know, right? So he there might be it might be a weird situation, whatever. I understand why he does not feel drawn to it. I think it's really sad that all that all that effort that Gatsby made to like be the world's best friend, mm-hmm. right? Be the coolest part, be the the nicest, awesomest, most accommodating party host and all that stuff did absolutely nothing to get him to have any real friends of substance. Yeah. I just, I, think I guess I can't sad. blame Wolfsheim either, but I just, I feel bad for Gatsby that like the person yeah. he worked with the closest is even like, yeah, no, I'm not going. And I, all of his friendships are basically just surface level. Mm-hmm. And he didn't make the impact that he had set out on the world. Yeah. And you see like how much of himself he gave to, to do his work with Wolfsheim. And even to the end of like, when you see at the end of um, the last scene where Tom and everything like explodes, the scene with Tom and Daisy and Gatsby and they're all in the Plaza hotel room. And it's like, even then Gatsby, one of the reasons he's not going to get Daisy is because even though he got all this stuff, he got it through these memes with dudes like Wolfsheim. And you're like, mm-hmm. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't even show up to support this guy to show that you knew him what yeah, i know like he lost every he got everything but he also lost everything because of his association with you and you don't even care or like you're there's reasons why you don't want to be involved it, it you can look at it both ways and it sucks no matter which way you look at it absolutely nick goes back home and is with gatsby's dad again no one comes at all except that weird drunk dude from the library shows up random random completely random which was he in the library the entire time was he just (laughs) living at the library (sighs) he could be no one would know that house is gigantic Mm -hmm. so gatsby's death haunted the east uh according to nick and after everything that happened he decides to go back home Uh, nick before he leaves breaks things off with jordan and she says she's engaged to another man which is probably a lie (laughs) Um, tom and nick run into each other on the street and nick won't shake his hand and tells tom he knows exactly what he thinks of him and i'm like good for you nick good good for you we hate tom buchanan Mm -hmm. trash bag number one wouldn't have shook his hand either Mm -mm. i would literally just look at it and spit on him I mean, he legitimately, he legitimately got Gatsby killed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, the end. He got Gatsby killed. So if you care at all about anything, you can't like Tom. Tom, Tom Buchanan is the worst. Yes, absolutely. And he's not even, it's not even snitches get stitches. He's a full-on liar. A Mm full-on liar. Because while Gatsby was in that car, he was not the one driving. So... Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, even in Gat, even in Tom's mind, he probably thought Gatsby was the one driving. But still, like you don't just snitch. So, especially to some 
crazy Wilson man. Yeah, like he's looking at this guy and Wilson, he says that he thinks Wilson could kill him. Mm -hmm. And then he sells out Gatsby. Oh, yeah, it was totally him. It was him who who hit her. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks, man. Like, if he looks like he's going to kill you, do you think maybe he might kill someone else? Dot, dot, dot. Just say it was a rental. (laughs) You know, like. Or, I mean, you know, he, it just, it's really, really it's really really tom buchanan of him yeah honestly because basically tom just got a um problem off his back with gatsby because his life wife probably would have left him eventually i i like when um nick says i couldn't forgive him or like him but i saw that what he had done was to him entirely justified it was all very careless and confused they were careless people tom and daisy they smashed up things and creatures and then retreated back into their money or their vast carelessness or whatever it was that kept them together and let other people clean up the mess they had made yep yep absolutely (laughs) that about sums it up Mm -hmm. so that was the great gatsby Dun, 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 dun. And so we beat on boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. Wow. I wow. just. That book is ripe for um, interpretation. Like, you can honestly read into that book any way you want to. And I love that. I seriously, like like I said, at the beginning of the year, this came into the public domain Mm -hmm. and I would be shocked if within the next year we didn't start seeing different treatments of different parts of this book. Because, I mean, you could have an entire, you could have an entire series of the party guests at Gatsby's parties, like just going off that. You could have things about like delving into more in-depth things with the characters who are in here or you know the people around here you could have a Downton Abbey type story that was all the people who worked at great at Gatsby's house yeah or yeah. Tom you can't and Tom and Daisy's house right mm-hmm. so like there's just so much that can go not to mention like different types of entertainment or art or whatever it's it's definitely a book that has a lot of room for new interpretations yeah, you can definitely even get the next storyline of him sleeping with the photographer, which is what I'm curious about. Like, did yeah. they have a further relationship? And now that it's in the public domain, people can use it and they can make derivative works. Was Jordan a beard? Did What was Jordan's life like? Yeah, did Jordan have, is the uh, already engaged also a cover-up? What's happening with Jordan? Because uh-huh. I thought Jordan and Daisy had a thing for a minute there like in the movie i'm going to talk about a certain scene when we meet jordan where i was like were they supposed to be banging because it looks like they were supposed to be banging i think um i think there's just yeah there's a lot you could possibly go into you could take it in different ways Um, absolutely so i'm i'm excited for that but i i think it's i think if anyone still having heard us talk about the entire book if anyone is still interested in reading it i think they should because it's Mm -hmm. like less than 200 pages um you can probably read it in a day if you really set your mind to it and um there's just a lot to explore and Mm -hmm. it's it's very indicative of 
um, F. Scott Fitzgerald style. So uh, I will say as a librarian and um, as a reader's advisory comment, uh, if you like this story, you should check out some of his other works um, and some of the works of his wife, Zelda Fitzgerald, who many people think uh, if she didn't help him with this, she definitely helped inspire parts of it. So, yeah, I heard, I saw a TikTok, not heard, sorry. I get a lot of my news from TikTok now and I have to feel like I have to justify it, but also I'm just going to, it's basically a rumor, but I heard basically that, um, she may have been the original writer and he stole some of the stuff from her i there's a been there's a lot of rumors that yeah. definitely surround um her it her being involved quite heavily with a lot of the work that he was you know that he was famous for yeah. and be that if she wrote it herself or if she gave him the idea or if she edited it um she does have her own works as well that are published under her name but um it's just really interesting to think about and mm -hmm. uh, you'll see similar um, style in his other work and her work. So if you're really interested in these jazz age novels, say delve in. Um, the other ones that are really popular are Tender is the Night and um, This Side of Paradise are super popular. So he also has a lot of really great, well, he, quote unquote, <laughs> has a lot of really great short stories. So um, that's another thing to look into if you like short stories. Yeah. The Fitzgeralds are your people. I will say I really, really like this book. I think it's a good, if you're trying to get back into reading, but you don't want to commit to like a large novel, this book is spicy enough without, like the hard part with a lot of novels that are like classics is you have to really read into them to get some mm -hmm. of like the spice and um, the flavor and this one's like no this is curry <laughs> yeah I think if if you either haven't been reading for a while and or certainly haven't been reading classics for a while they're really intimidating sometimes because you think oh my gosh they're going to be there's going to be a bunch of stories crammed into this huge super long book and really here you have one concise story because mm -hmm. it, it is all this story um, and the events that occur over this summer with Nick uh, narrating them for us. So I think it is way more manageable and palatable. And like you said, it is, it, there's a lot of interesting stuff. There's intrigue, there's, you know, people having sex and drinking and having parties and people running around doing things that are illegal. And yeah. there's also a love story to it, if you want to take it that way. And there's villains, <laughs> Tom Buchanan. Um, Literally. So I, I do definitely agree with you that if, if you're trying to get to classics or you just haven't been reading for pleasure in a while, this one that you can probably also get super cheap right now mm -hmm. um, is a great place to start. Plus it's super accessible because of the way it's written. Whereas like, I love Jane Austen, but it's not the most accessible classic just because of how wordy it is. Like it's one of those that you can't just casually read. I feel like this, you could very much casually read if you wanted to. Oh yeah. The language is incredibly accessible and mm -hmm. there's no weird, there's no weird old timey words. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of things that it aren't some sort of close association with <laughs> what we have now i mean if they're not exactly the same but there's enough nearness um in time that it it doesn't seem outside the realm especially for an american audience mm 
Um, so, and there are, for something like this, a lot of accessible adaptations and that can also help bridge the gap. So, yeah. yeah. Plus like the movies, well, at least the Leonardo DiCaprio, I have to still watch the other one, but if you enjoy the movie, it is a good book to get into. And it, I feel like it carries over very well, where some movies are like so astronomically different that you feel like you're reading a different book than the movie. So I feel like if you read the book and then you watch the movie, it'll help bridge all the gaps and you'll feel like you very much understand the book, which I love. And you can feel super cool and feel like you're super knowledgeable when you can say, oh yeah, I, t- I read The Great Gatsby because it's one of those books that people really, like people say that they've read, you know, Little Women or those kind of, um, you know, Pride and Prejudice or those kind of things. But a lot of times you hear that from people like, oh, I read that when I was a kid mm-hmm. or, um, you know, that's something I read when I was a teenager. This is an adult story with an adult mm-hmm. adult themes are in here so it's a little bit more um it's just it's a little bit more elevated than that for some conversation and i'm telling you they talk about this book all the time on jeopardy so get ready (laughs) that's funny (laughs) plus it's a good way to end your goodreads challenge if you need some quick books to you know finish it up you need a classic or something from the jazz age or something with a uh, female antagonist something with an um uh you know i don't know <laughs> something with a, a kind of reliable narrator <laughs> it is here for you yeah But that's all we have for this episode. So thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me. Um, Anything you want to shout out? Your personal stuff, anything? I have nothing personal to shout out. Just the usual. Keep reading. Keep having fun. Um, Just read what you like, what brings you joy. Even if other people say you're supposed to read something else, that's the most important thing. And if you don't know what to read, reach out to a librarian. And thank you for having me, Rachel. This has been so much fun. Thank you for joining me. And we will catch you all in the next movie episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Bailey Bookish Podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning, uh, next week we will be covering The Great Gatsby Movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. If you haven't seen it already, um, over on Patreon.com we have the Leonardo DiCaprio versus Robert Redford um, Great Gatsby interpretations. So if you would like to get some exclusive episodes, please go check out Patreon.com slash Bailey Bookish. There's a new episode every single month. And next month, we will be talking about Lost in Austin with Amanda Fay. But that's kind of all I've got for you guys. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on right now. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, today, uh, the day this episode comes out, um, I was on Wit Beyond Measure and we talked about Clueless. So if you want to see that episode, go check out Wit Beyond Measure wherever you get podcasts and you can check out that episode about Clueless. But yeah, that's kind of all I've got for you guys. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode, and I'll catch you in the next one. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our 
theme song is by Raphael Crux on freepd.com and I'll catch you guys later. Bye!